This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Shearer. Here's Hazard. Quarter of an hour to go. Can he get Bowden in here? Mitchell! And Swindon are back in it. And they've scored at last. David Mitchell puts Glenn Hoddle's team back in with a shout in the cup tie. And the system worked there for Swindon. They got down the left-hand side with Bowden drilled across and Mitchell really had an easy finish. It's 2-1. It's Swindon Town. Joe, I just can't be like the other Joe and do like an entertaining intro. It's just not for me. But how the devil are you, sir? Uh, Not too bad, Rich. Um, uh, I know you're not having the best evening I've had. A bit of a drawn-out day, but overall, not too bad. Oh, lovely. Lovely, lovely, lovely. It's a pleasure to talk about Swindon Town again after having two episodes off. I feel like I've missed so much, but crucially, a victory. Yeah, quite a lengthy hiatus as it goes. But um, yeah, I mean, we just about managed to get over the line at Salford, sort of opposite of what ended up happening at um, Sutton in the week. So all smiles on that front. And I, I think, I feel like I said in the lead-up that for, form doesn't last that long, so we might just fluke a win anyway. That is kind of what happened. 
exactly what happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, talks broke down between me and St. Mirren to do their fan podcast. So here I am again. St. Mirren. Yeah. They, I mean, they've got a very small stadium, but it was quite full as, as a consequence, except the away end. Ross County didn't take many. But yeah, it was very League Two stuff. I can't be sniffy about the standard. It wasn't below League Two, but it was very, very League Two. Well, it means you're in your natural habitat and um, keeping the Swindon vibe of not being able to get things over the line with any sort of haste. <laughs> so um, it sounds like it all went well. Yeah, it, yeah, you can't sit there as a League Two fan and just get all sniffy on it, can you? I mean, imagine if like a, a couple of Premier League football fans went up to Scotland and watched St Mirren, they'd be absolutely fuming with what they saw. But me, I was, you know, it soothed my soul a little bit. It's just seeing someone like Curtis Main be a superstar somewhere in a top division is quite the sight. Yeah, that's kind of what the Scottish League's for, though. It's for confounding what you think about footballers. Like, things like did John O'Beaker score the other day? There was that it season is, when Miles yes. Story was really good, and yet Harry McCurdy is dreadful. So it's just a strange place. Football, bloody hell. Right, let's get cracking with this press. I always like to start with final thoughts of the Salford City win. But, Joe, talk to me about funnel pressing. <laughs> um, yeah, that was kind of my, my thing for the week. I've, I always try and look at something, and I was watching the game back to do the What We Learned article as well, and that kind of struck me in in terms of the way Swindon were looking to press, because it's not... Well, it wasn't at all Gagan pressing because Swindon weren't trying to counter anything. They were sort of waiting for Salford to slow it down and then they would go. Just sort of try and funnel them one way and then essentially just try and get them to kick it long and get the ball back. So I guess that's kind of what it is. It's not a real thing. It's just a, a fairly useful phrase that I was sort of thought, thought of whilst watching the game back. Like, they're doing a lot of funneling here and, <laughs> and hence it was born. Oh, lovely, lovely. It, it's quite interesting, really, as I was following the game on my phone at another football match, was that I recall I, I was reading Swindon fans' comments online, and then I was reminded of a quote from Jody Morris, or by Jody Morris, where he was like, sometimes you win 1-0 and you're rubbish. And although we, we weren't rubbish against Salford by all the things I've heard, it wasn't our best performance, but... Hey, there's those three points. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, we'll definitely take it after being rubbish and getting no points for three matches in a row. <laughs> so Salford being sort of meh, um, from from what I'm watching it back and following it at the time, it felt like we sort of bookend it by being bad and then we're reasonable in the middle. So, yeah, I mean, it's an improvement. It, it didn't take much for it to be one, but it certainly certainly was better. And then... Uh, it looked like Taker Wakeling got back in into the groove a little bit, so that's always nice to see. And hopefully they can take that from playing a good team and then playing a, quite a bad team in Harrogate and, and maybe be a little bit better in performance. It was a delightful finish, wasn't it? It was lovely. It was just, I'm just sort of it's nothing can really prepare you from so sort of, I just sort of come back in the door, open out uh, and got around back in at around half time. It's like oh my god. What an unbelievable goal. Yes, it, it was a huge relief to get the win because, and I implied it in a previous episode, you don't get points against Sutton and then you go to Salford and if you don't get points then suddenly Harrogate at home is a weird must-win game. So it does take a little bit of pressure off Jody Morris. Not that he was under pressure in terms of his job, just generally. And that leads us nicely to a question that was asked during the presser on pressure. How's he finding it? 
Yeah, um, I think he's he sort of said it's it's par for the course mostly in terms of, I mean, you're always going to get pressure to win anything, and if you have that, it's kind of a good thing. But um, it was very much okay. His sort of normal talking points for the for this game were very much. Uh, we t- we take what few, what positives were coming out of the last game and then uh, moving them forward. So when he didn't really know what he was talking about or how to answer questions, he just went, "Yeah, I mean, we were we were okay against Salford. We were, I thought, okay, all right um, for periods against Doncaster. We're trying to take that build on it and then put the other teams under pressure." Is how he sort of brought it back to the word pressure, but not really the question. <laughs> Classic Jody Morris. Look at this. We're already at classic Jody Morris. <laughs> we, we've got there quickly. I think we've done, I think done well. It took a little bit longer, maybe for for Lindsay Gunning. I think we got fairly quickly as well. To be fair, but we're we're nailing them to their masts quite early on. Yeah, and with good reason. Right. So a little bit of cleaning up from the last week or so. Yourself and Jr. did a presser recording on Thursday, and then on Friday. There was a statement released by Swindon Town in relation to Ed Brand. The statement included, it's been well documented over the past few weeks that since first team head coach Jody Morris took over, his chosen number two has been unable to fulfil his role at the club thus far. Following Jody's arrival at the county ground, a secondment between Premier League side Chelsea, where Ed has been an academy coach since 2008, and Swindon Town was agreed by both clubs. Given the arrangement between ourselves and Chelsea, there is a detailed application process we must go through to comply with all contractual and legal regulations, which then requires sign-off by the appropriate football associations and governing bodies. In order to bring Ed into the football club at the earliest opportunity, we submitted these documents alongside Chelsea to the FA, Premier League and the EFL, but the approval process has taken longer than anticipated. As a football club... We recognise the importance of completing all the necessary due diligence and ensuring this particular agreement meets all relevant protocols. We will continue working with the FA and EFL in the hope we receive final written approval from both respective FA and EFL boards in due course. (sighs) Okay, and it felt like the questions that were being posed in the press might have prompted this statement because Jody Morris sound very, very fed up uh, last week in relation to this situation. And then despite weeks of this, suddenly there was an explanation, which surely could have been done a long time ago. Yeah, it definitely feels like something they could have put out quicker saying specifically what they were doing. I I did sort of know it was a secondment, but when it's this kind of thing, people who tell you know who they've that they've told you. So you can't really say specifically that's what it was, but... Um, yeah, I and as far as it still doesn't really explain why it's taken so long because whatever they were doing, they would need sign off from Chelsea, the EFL, the FA, the Premier League anyway. So it's still up in the air as to why, even though it is a slightly strange and possibly arcane way of getting Ed Brand in, it still shouldn't really take this long. But as far as I'm aware, it's very much one of the intermediaries who are slowing this up by just taking as long as they can, dragging their heels and being strange about it. Yeah, it's very strange. Uh, The example doing the rounds, ultimately with a bit of trying to shut us all up about it, is the, well, last season, Chelsea Youth and Under-21 assistant coach James Simmons spent half of last season with AFC Wimbledon. 
an incentive that was pitched by former Wimbledon manager Mark Robertson. No, not our one. And then he spent well, the rest of the season with Songdal assisting Tor Andre Flo. Incidentally, that former Wimbledon manager, Mark Robinson, no, not our one, is Chelsea under-21 coach with James Simmons as his assistant nowadays. How convenient. Is this the future now? Short-term solutions for these really quite important roles? I mean, I think as far as I can know, it's probably just, well, I think in their heads, it was about making it a bit simpler, maybe a bit cheaper in the short term, and then they can revisit in the summer I don't know what Ed Brand's contract situation is like at Chelsea and possibly it's a workaround to do with that and not being able to pay out whatever Chelsea might be demanding I mean it I feel like short-term assistant managers don't feel like a great system but in a world in which certainly in Swindon's world managers last between six months and a year generally speaking if you're if you can get a really good assistant manager on what is essentially a loan deal it's not actually the worst thing because you know, if, if, for example, Jody Morris were to walk and we'd paid however much to break Ed, Ed Brand out of a contract, then there's not really money we need to spend in the end. But can't claim comp when they get poached by Millwall. Well, ex- exactly. This is, this is the thing. So, you know, it works both ways. I, I imagine that's what the idea was. You just get Ed Brand for a bit. We didn't have to pay as much. I assume there is some sort of fee involved in the secondment, but... I mean, in, in a world where everything is short term, I think certainly Watford should be looking into more secondments if, if no one else. <laughs> yeah, it, it's one of those situations where it feels like, what's it matter? He, he's working at the club. He's just not in the dugout during the games. So, you know, just, yeah, the, the statement did feel like they overloaded it with like, uh, this is industry stuff, yeah. So, you know, don't worry about it. We've got it. But just be open and transparent from the start. Yeah, you guys wouldn't get it, but um, this is this is what we've been doing. Yeah, I feel like this is definitely something they could have done quicker. I don't know, maybe they thought they wouldn't have to. I, I imagine that would be the reason, and then it got so ridiculous. So, okay, so we will now say what is going on. But, yeah, essentially, Ed Brand has been doing his job. He's just not sat in the dugout. He is probably sat in the stands. In fact, I think, believe he is sat in the stands talking to Jody Morris anyway. So it's really just a, a physical not being in the dugout situation that's the only bit he can't actually do it's all right we'll forget all about it when they announce the season ticket cost increase (laughs) (laughs) oh dear more of that in the in the coming days i'm sure let's move on from ed brand and and move to saidu khan and his suspension another swindon town statement this week uh both saidu and the football club have accepted a charge of violent conduct which means he'll now serve a five-match ban, which is increased from three due to his two to this effectively being his third red card of the season. The midfielder's suspension will begin with immediate effect, meaning he'll miss this weekend's home clash with Harrogate Town and Leighton Orient away and Carlisle United at home and Walsall away and Rochdale at home coming back for... Stockport County. Lots of discussion on this one, and there's a clear divide on Saidu Khan as a player and his discipline in terms of the yellow cards that he's wrapped up this year, and of course the red cards too. One side of the fan base are livid that this soft, 
incident has resulted in a five-match ban. It's unfair, and the Salford chap hasn't had any punishment either. But there's that other side, the other camp, which is very much, for goodness sake, Saidu, just don't raise your arm. It's a big shame. I'm not the biggest fan of Saidu Khan, but I see his worth, and we need him for these games. Yeah, I mean, I very, I wasn't convinced at all when he was playing as a holding midfielder. But as sort of in certainly in this calendar year, I think he's I've come around on Saidu Khan a lot. And I, as much as I do kind of agree with the, it's a bit unfair camp. He is only getting a five match suspension because he's been an idiot multiple times this season. <laughs> like that is the re. It wouldn't be a five match ban if he hadn't got those other two. That that yes. that's the reason. So. I don't think you can blame the FA too much for that one, as much as from the footage it kind of looks like Matty Lund certainly initiated it and has probably done as much as Saidu Khan in the in the incident. But it's, I mean, as as I've, I've given what sort of the reaction to Rashan Hepburn Murphy's red card, I felt like more people would probably be in the get him out camp because people weren't too pleased with with his as well with um, that as well, and people were saying his contract should possibly be. Um, terminated, and they're fairly similar incidents, but it's just something that you can't do because, as as much as it's not, pro- in my eyes, it's probably not enough to be a red card, but you just can't give them the option because there's no need to do it at all. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree, and it is fundamentally exactly the same as the Hepburn Murphy incident because he's been riled and he's reacted to the opposition player doing something and there's not much more you can say. I mean, we don't know what was said and you know, I don't really want to dwell on that because the club and the player have both accepted it. Jody Morris in the presser, you know, he, he clearly wasn't elated and he was conflicted between wanting to support his player, but also highlight the fact that he's been a bit of a numpty. Yeah, he just, in the bit that before I sort of walked into the press room conference, because GWR meant that I was late, um, he, he referred to the decision as being scandalous, that it was um, Saidu Khan, it was getting punished and not Matty Lund. But he was, yeah, he was sort of very much in between where he knew that as, as much as Saidu Khan was, was not as much in the wrong as a five-match ban would say, he's, there is very good reasons why he's been banned for that long um it's not something that you can allow to happen especially if is the amount i think johnny leafield's stats been doing around in terms of it being the most red cards in the season for swindon since 2001 and swindon becoming quite easy to rile up with two similar red cards in similar in similar circumstances quite quickly between each other which i find quite interesting because last season we were sort of known as a bit of a wind-up merchant team. That was a lot, a lot of things other fans said about the Swindon players and kind of flipped 180 on that this season in terms of Swindon being the ones who are getting riled up by oppositions. Yeah, and then there was a bit where Jody Morris was talking about the fact that I don't want my players going to ground clutching their face when they haven't been touched, but we're, we're getting to that point. Yeah, so the game's the game. If that that's that's clearly what's working for everyone else. So, as much as I don't want it to happen, maybe maybe we need to because 
no one's getting punished for that, but they are getting punished for what Swindon are doing. Ho hum, we'll see him. Well, I've, I've referred to him as a one in five player, and well, five games out, he'll be brilliant against Stockport. So you know, every cloud. <laughs> yeah, you and Marcus Fiertoft. Yeah, should I message him and just remind him? Yeah. <laughs> Brothers. <laughs> exactly. Okay, let's move ever closer to the game against Harrogate. Let's talk about injuries. We know suspensions, but what's the situation on the injury front? The answer is even more bad news. I mean, it really doesn't rain, but it pours for Jody Morris at the start of his tenure. Um, the sort of ones that we had already, Tomlinson and Devine are both in training, but neither are going to be ready to go. Tyree Shade has been, he has been in training, is looking like he could get um, some involvement, but there was also some slightly, I think, interesting comments about his application in training, where he kind of intimated that he wasn't trying hard enough, and then sort of hedged that with, but he's coming back from the hamstring thing, and maybe that's limiting the effort he wants to put in and put stress on it. But there was, I found that quite pointed to say, you know, uh, <laughs> he needs to try harder and do more when we are training. And then the really bad news is that obviously Fraser Baker Tracy had to come off injured at the um at the well about midway through the Salford game. And he's gonna be out for about five or six weeks. Uh, it was described as a bad one. It was his medial, which I don't know enough about medical science to know exactly what that is. But um yeah, it and it's one that Morris said as an injury, something that he had as a player as well and can kind of linger. So Really not good news for FPT. It's sort of, you know, it's having, it's having him just signed permanently and having such a good season and Swindon having absolutely no depth in defence right now. Uh, him being out for a long time, given his experience and the way that he's playing and everything that he adds to that team is incredibly bad news. Um, the only other update was Johnny Williams and there is some hope that he might be able to come back in. He sounds like he's been more and more involved in training. He's got over that initial dizziness with the concussion. Um, he has been training part in training. They need they need to um, officially clear him, but he's looking like he could be involved. As could Dylan Cadry after getting over that illness. A couple of weeks ago, there were there was a lot of talks of several potential signings. Not not all coming to Swindon, but at least they were identifying players. But that's gone very quiet. Yeah, that's sort of a strange one, I guess. Um, on that, I saw Lewis Ward in the lobby, so he's still around but um, having not officially signed. They, it did feel like when they were trying to identify targets and look into people, that they, from what he said before, they were going down a lot of dead ends where they would find people were, they didn't have clubs for a reason. They were injured or they wouldn't, didn't want to move to various parts of the country. So on the free agent front, it wasn't sounding like they were having loads of luck. I imagine the additional injuries probably making them look a bit harder, but... Yeah, they weren't having loads of luck in terms of pursuing one as yet. Hopefully, that me having said that means they'll sign someone tomorrow. But um, it's not looking incredibly like that one of those will happen soon, if at all. That's the dream. But Harrison Minton is is a player that they they have to consider at the moment, don't they? Yeah, with another injury in defence, Minton. Well, they they switched formation with Minton as the only central defender on the bench, but. Again, with with no FPT at all, he's now very much first first man in at the back. Unless they try and mess LSE Andalo around even more, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Um, but he was again, he was he was kind of up, kind of down on Harrison Minter. Um, 
I, th- I think again, <coughs> his his kind of standards for young players at Chelsea might might walk what he thinks of the Swindon young players, but um, he he's kind of said he's he's doing pretty well, but there are a lot of areas that they need him to improve on and do and become better at. And then this kind of suggestion that obviously they wouldn't really want to turn to Harrison Minton if all things were fine, but also at the same time that they, they they would want to bring bring him in at a more opportune moment, but everything is kind of conspiring that means that he will almost certainly be used. Mm, it'd be interesting to see what they do there. I mean, Harrogate at home feels like one where they can make that call, take that risk, but we shall see. On the day of recording, Thursday 23rd, it, it appears that Matthew Baldry has left the club because he's unveiled himself. That's right. Um, starting a new adventure with uh, St. James's Place Financial Services. Yes, I saw this earlier on Instagram. He's, he's, um, it's his second new job since since his injury, as, as well as the thing he was doing with Bournemouth. So, I mean, it doesn't sound like he's coming back for the end of the season, does it? Well, I half expect him to start against Crawley somehow. <laughs> well, I mean, if, his, if that back end of the last season form was anything to go by, he'd be absolutely brilliant for that game. But yeah, his um his professional career is taking off, if not professional football. Yeah, but he looked very dashing in the unveiling. So, Oh, a lovely picture. Clearly one of the London offices, certainly not anywhere around these here parts but yes good luck to the guy uh, uh, again maybe a confirmation would be good because he might be just you know on some i don't know he might be on secondment who knows you know if he comes back at the end of season probably earn himself a new contract with us won't he given the way it's gone the last two seasons yeah he always seems to linger around and he obviously did kind of say he was going to retire last year but i think you know everyone at swindon's very happy for baudry to do whatever he wants because he's more than given his time to this club at this point and if he if he wants to move on given his injury I don't think anyone would begrudge that. And if he does want to stick around, then great, because he's a really good defender. Well, yes. Um, Well, good luck to the guy. Harrogate Town's nickname, do you know what it is? I actually don't know what it is. Yeah, it's the Sulphurites. The Sulphurites, interesting. I don't know if the pronunciation is all Sulphurites or Sulphurites, but it's because they're a spa town. Ah. And that's something. There we go. Really interesting. The I thought it might be the tea yeah. cakes or something. Yeah, well, that's what we all wanted it to be, but it's a far cooler one. When the sport is firmly Americanized, there'll be the Harrogate Sulphurites. And, well, who wouldn't be intimidated by that? Yeah, I'd definitely be moving to that team if I had the option. <laughs> well, they are managed by Simon Weaver, who currently, perhaps misleadingly, sits at the top of the management longevity charts, having managed Harrogate for almost 13 years. Over a decade of that was in non-league football. Uh, last time, Harrogate tonked Swindon on the opening day of the season, didn't they, by three goals to nil. And last year at the CG, at the county ground, it was 1-1, a late jack. Payne penalty cancelled out, a first half goal by Jack Diamond. And of course, listeners will remember that Town brushed Harrogate aside 4-1 in the other game last season, thanks to braces from Louis Barry and Josh Davison. In January, they brought in Toby Sims from Pittsburgh Riverhounds, Anthony O'Connor from Morecambe and Levi Sutton from Bradford on permanent terms. Well, Matty Folds, Tom Easton and Kazim Alegby have arrived on loan from Bradford. 
Colchester and Southampton respectively in the last five games. They've won one, lost one and drawn three. One nil away win at Carlisle, followed by a 3-1 home loss to Stockport and then draw against Salford away 1-1, 2-2 at home against Crew, and in midweek they drew 0-0 at Grimsby. They've been placed 18th in the league or lower since the sixth game of the season. This has to be a win this weekend. But what did Jody Morris say about Harrogate? Yeah, he said they'd had a, a bit of a chat with some of the staff about um, the first game of the season. If I imagine if we still had Lindsay, this would be something of a, of a revenge game. But um, the new management means that's that's not quite so much the case. But um, you know, he was it was very much talking about their their difficult form and how you know, we had to take advantage of that. Even though technically speaking, they're on better form than we are um, over the last five. So uh, <laughs> I, I imagine somewhere in Yorkshire, a, a different podcast having the same conversation. But um, yeah, it was very much you got to take advantage of that of that poor form and try and get get after them quickly and see what Swindon can do. Um, and then, you know, the, the sort of same rhetoric they've had a few times, again, the, the early Morrisisms, um, as well as the um, the phrase, the extent to, which he says a lot and then doubles back on, um, where he's talking about Swindon, the, kind of the best, the best way for Swindon to get results consistently is for them to focus on themselves quite a lot as they develop the Morris system as, and not so much looking at the opposition as, as they would do if they were quite as comfortable in what Jody Morris was trying to do because you know you're going to win more games if you know what you're doing a lot better than just, just if you know a little bit more about what Harrogate were trying to do and they have had issues at the back this season Harrogate haven't they yeah um same season that one again I suppose 47 goals conceded not great so um, I think about the fourth worst in the lead in, in the league in terms of goals conceded and typically we didn't score when we played them so <laughs> lovely stuff um yeah he was again he was talking about trying to get that fast start that uh of the three managers who've in some capacity um coached Swindon this season only one man has done and it's Gavin Gunning uh despite all three sw- talking about wanting to do it um but he's he said he felt that sort of set coming out the second half against Doncaster Swindon started that game quite well and then in a similar circumstance against Salford the week after and if it, they can try and port that from the second into the first half and really get after them and you know try and create those chances that they've been they've been working on quite so aggressively in training then that would be a, a good platform to take on a team who are on not so good of a ramp oh i expect a comprehensive victory for this one and i will not accept anything oh, of course i'll accept three points but it has to it has to be doesn't it yeah i mean we we've, we can't be we can't be losing to 20th place. We didn't have the best start under Morris, obviously not play, being the, the bad teams that we were kind of playing. But we've got that win, got that spark to get a bit of confidence. And although I've had a bit of poor luck with the players bit going to be unavailable for this one, we've got to beat the Yorkshire All-Stars that Harrogate are in terms of their transfer policy. Like, if, if we're going to get anywhere close to the playoffs, which at the moment I'm somewhat doubting, then this has got to be three points. Absolutely no questions asked. And he does. Jody Morris was asked about Swindon performing as he wants them to perform. What do you say here? Yeah, he, he, again, it was kind of vague in terms of when, when this might happen. They become 
to the Jody Morris team. Again, I, I feel like he really liked Doncaster, or at least bits of Doncaster, because he talked about it quite a lot, um, which I just don't really get. But he was saying, you know, in that game, we, we were starting to do some of the things that I'm trying to get across, and we looked quite good for, for certain portions of that game. But generally, he was just sort of, you don't really know. We might suddenly, from the first minute of the Harrogate game, really just click with everything that he's trying to get into the players and everything they've been working on. But also, they might just sort of struggle for a bit longer. Obviously, he prefers the the former of those two options, but he was um, he was not giving any guarantees that this team would be um, sort of a Jose Mourinho style. On the on the fourth of April, we will suddenly look like a Jody Morris team. He was also asked about the fact that they've been training on the county ground pitch, which kind of like not something that he wanted to do, but was kind of a necessity given where our training ground is. Yeah, it was it was very much just not wanting to go to Beversbrook. There was not much more to it. It wasn't that they had anything specific for the pitch. And ideally, he said they, they wouldn't be training on the pitch at all. But the, it takes sort of 50 minutes um, both ways. Apparently, you can't leave your car there overnight was a particular issue. So, yeah, it was just more mostly about having to travel out to the training pitches. That was not going to be ideal. So as much as they can, they're going to try and be at the county ground just to cut down on that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's pretty much everything that was asked about the Harrogate game. So let's go to the Joe zone. Yay. Yeah, um, I'm thinking in terms of the way the last two games had ended, despite being the best team at controlling possession in the league, you've allowed the other team to take the momentum towards the end of games. There's games taken that. But um, how do you get greater control in those stages when teams are really coming at you? Because it has made them quite nervy finishes. Yeah, and I, I think you're you're right. I think the fact that it has become like that probably shows that there's a level of nerves within the group um, because they stopped doing things that have maybe got us in front or got us um, challenging to, to win games and um, there needs to be a an element of bravery involved in that and personality and and also it sometimes takes a little bit of experience as well where just settling the game down a little bit more and trying to remember that sometimes digging deep and holding on for wins is not necessarily everybody clearing their lines and putting their body on the line defensively. Sometimes it's being brave and taking the ball in areas and making passes to take the momentum and the sting out of the the opposition's attack, if you like, by, by making passes and making them defend. Um, so it's, it's a fine balance and I think when you are a little bit low in confidence and a, and a couple of results have not gone your way, it's probably easier to fall into the category of getting a bit nervy and maybe not continuing to do the right things because they may be worried about making mistakes. But sometimes they think clearing your lines and getting the ball away from the goal is oh, great, but then ultimately you're just handing it back over for them to then attack again. So. Um, you're right, we do need to deal with that a lot better, but I think that would come with a little bit more confidence and maybe, unfortunately for us, a little bit more, more experience on the pitch. Thanks to the lovely people at GWR, I miss a lot of this. But um, on side of Khan, um, <laughs> you, even before you know he played for you, you would spoke about him in really glowing terms. Mm. So um, how big of a hit is it to the way you want to play, the fact that he's got such a long suspension? Yeah, huge. Um, I'm, I'm really disappointed that we're going to miss him for the amount of time that we are going to miss him for um, but at, at the same time I'm, 
it's like you, you have to deal with those kind of things that are going against you and but yeah there's no doubt about it yeah. I, I think he's one of the most important members of the group he's a real um, driving force for us in the team in the engine room in the middle of the park and uh, it's pivotal to kind of what we want to do and we missed him the first couple of games when, when I came in and we're certainly going to miss him again but it's unfortunately for us that's the, where it's landed for us as far as us losing such an important member and obviously the fact that Fraser's missing as well that's kind of two really important players that you're going to miss for a long spell and, but it's something you've got to get on with and um, as I was talking to Dave downstairs it's one of the things that could maybe give up opportunities for other players um, and hopefully we're bringing other players in to maybe play or changing position slightly or whatever um, it might mean that someone steps up to the plate because if we are going to get some decent results and decent performances they're going to have to so two questions asked uh, Nervy finishes and Saidu Khan happy? Yeah, generally, I, I miss the big, the big bonzer quotes on Saidu Khan. So I had to get a bit of, bit of my own on tape. But yeah, it was, it was good. It was, it's always interesting to sort of hear about the stuff that because it, it did kind of occur to me that given Swindon are top for possession, when it kind of countered that you try and nullify teams and keep the ball, Swindon were very much not doing that because listening to the radio I was one hundred percent certain that Salford were going to score at least one in the final 15 minutes as we barely had the ball. And then that exact, well, even more than that happened against Sutton when Swindon just couldn't keep hold of it in the latter stages. So it was, it's definitely something that kind of things into it. And then obviously confidence is something you would think about, but I don't know. It, it feels like that, that yeah, there might be more to why Swindon can't do that. Cause it, it just felt a bit strange that when you kind of needed to be holding the ball and not do very much, that was the one time that they weren't able to do that. You're doing so well, Joe, despite having the sniffles. Yeah, back end of the illness I had last week and doing a full, well, not a full game, but a commentary on Tuesday didn't really help my condition, I don't think. Oh, and that was Bath and they won, didn't they? They did a surprise win over Havant and Waterlooville, who were chasing, chasing for automatic promotion, so... And and there was a full fight in the in stoppage time, so that was great. That's what we're talking about. Yes, 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 yes. And commiserations to the players for their pending five match bans. Yeah, I, I imagine they're doling those a lot of those out right now. And uh, <laughs> given the sort of cards that were being dished out to Havant in that game, they might they might have for have that situation where a few people have been suspended soon. Goodness gracious me! Let's move on to the player. Who represented the club for this presser? It was Ellis Iandolo. I, I, have we had Ellis on on the presser before? I can't remember. I, I don't believe so. I, I can't think that I've spoken to Ellis Iandolo at all this season. I, I don't. He might have done an away dip game post match, but I don't think he's he's certainly not been in one of the pre match press conferences before. Indeed. Well, we'll start with the big question for me if we're talking about Ellis, and that's January because. I personally am very convinced that he was off to Crawley and it broke down and here he is at Swindon. But he will reply to me, nonsense, never was going to happen. Yeah, I'm very much with you on that one. I feel like either it broke down or Swindon just kind of decided they couldn't get rid of anyone else on that deadline day. But he said he was very happy, never intended to leave. But then he also said that he didn't really deal with it and left it up to his agent. So it very 
very much could have been in the pipeline and he just hadn't got to the point where he would necessarily get involved with it. But yeah, he, he said he, you know, he's this club's in his heart, which you'd hope so after all this time that he's been here. But he was, you know, still very set on on trying to get up with Swindon again for because you know he's he's been here such a long time and he, he really wants to make that impact. Such a long time indeed. How's he finding working under Jody Morris? Yeah, it was again quite similar to um, Tom Clayton in the way that he spoke, spoke about Morris because he wasn't necessarily asked about the training or anything. It was just you know how do you find playing under him? What what do you feel like the the playing differences are maybe? And he was straight in with the tr- training's ruddy difficult. Um, the, 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 uh, you can t- tell from what everyone says about it that training is up quite a few notches in terms of intensity there. Um, but it certainly wasn't phrased as a bad thing. I'll, I'll say that way. He said he very much enjoyed the way that the the training goes and and how they put it on. How the week is structured, but it, it does sound that if you were, I don't know, sort of a Leon Clark, Medi Carouche type, you wouldn't want to be in those sessions. Yeah, yeah. Oh, those guys. <laughs> the good old days. The good old days. A decade ago. Wow. Um, so yes, yeah, style was talked about. Two. How's he finding that? Yeah, it was again. It was. It, I don't think he felt the style was too different because it's not loads, but um, it was very much in terms of the the playing out from the back stuff and how Morris kind of leaves the the decision making very much up to them. He's not ten. He's not trying to be too dictatorial over over the kind of when when they decide to play shorter or longer as much as even though he is kind of putting in the system to help them play out. He's very much leaving the individual decisions up to them and won't judge them too harshly for that stuff. And then he kind of got into the sort of bravery, stupidity debate about when they should be doing that and very much. And then sort of um, the, the, and the kind of the pitches playing into when they're supposed to make those decisions. Cause I mean, Salford was an absolute state for anyone who saw the, the videos of it. And then yeah. Newport was not great either, apparently. No, certainly nothing compared to the Salford pitch, which was frankly a disgrace. It was a, I, I made this this joke in the What We Learned. Is they appeared to be um, ground sharing with a farmer. He's about to plant his crops. It was, I don't think I've ever seen a pitch as, as bad as the Salford one was. Well, not for a long, long time. That's for sure. Certainly don't expect that these days, but there it was. And we can complain about it because we won. So it doesn't look like we're just bitter. Yeah, it's not sour grapes now because we got the, got the win. So that's that's even yeah. better, really. Yeah, yeah. Ellis was asked about the situation with suspensions and that notion of whether we're trying to provoke. But I think we're the ones being provoked, aren't we? Yeah, he, he said he didn't really feel like teams were trying to provoke them. Although, I guess... They wouldn't know if they were doing that unless they were making it incredibly obvious. But pick, picking their moments as much, but you know, he he didn't accept that that the teams had identified that as a as a specific tactic coming up against them, um, and then kind of the, the sort of luck going against them in in the ways those decisions are being made, and that and he's saying that he kind of hoped that 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 kind of thing would be done now because they've they've had more than enough red cards and incidents like that. Ellis Andalo had his best season with Swindon last year, um, which, although he'd been useful over the years, wasn't really a hard one to debate. And it's been a slight dip, but that's purely because he's not been available as much. How, how He was asked about his game, 
and he's saying he's feeling good, isn't he? But he's still not reached the, the level he was under Ben Garner. Yeah, and he talks about this a while in terms of where he's playing. But I feel like last season we got fairly lucky with injury because that squad was tiny, and we and sort of Yanisiantlo could really could sort of find an actual role for himself for a while. It was sort of left wing back. He played midfield for stretches as well, but he wasn't sort of having to move around quite as often as he's had to this season, which he said definitely hasn't really helped because you have to change your mindset and because and the picture's constantly changing for him. I really don't think that's helped him because I think this season he's played left wing, left back, left wing back, centre mid, centre back at various different stages. So it's def- definitely been quite a tough one for him to find that sort of consistency, even though he's he, you know he's been fit since the early stages of the season where it took him a while to get back into it. But, you know, he's, he's, I, I feel like if, because given the number of left-backs we actually have now, I think we've got five who could potentially play there, but four of them are injured. So if he could sort of get back into midfield and have a proper run there, I feel like that would help him quite a lot. Oh, here's hoping, uh, because, well, we need everybody, every person possible at the moment. A uh, really interesting question to end before we go back to the Joe zone, which was his versatility, where he wasn't super positive. I'm just so used to players going, I'll, I'll go wherever you want me. <laughs> but he didn't, didn't get that feeling. Yeah, it was, it was kind of said with a smirk, but you could definitely tell that what he was saying was very much honest. Described it as being a curse that that he could <laughs> he could play in so many positions and you know I feel like to his credit um, I feel like sometimes in the player ratings I've been a touch touch harsh with him but he does he does really give his all and and is very useful in in various different positions but yeah he said I mean you you do get to play a lot but you're constantly being moved around everything's everything's changing week on week you can't find that kind of consistency and just as you start to think like a midfielder suddenly being put back in defence so I think it's not the sort of happy-go-lucky Swiss Army knife player he's very very much this is being quite this has been quite tough for me oh nobody went after you when you did uh low ratings the other week did they you know there was the sensation uh after you gave poor ratings early on in the season but no a recent one where you uh where you laid the smack down People agreed. Yeah, I think after Doncaster, people were kind of ready for the that kind of thing. <laughs> and I'd, I'd been called too positive the day before as well. So I, there, was, <laughs> there, was, there was definitely nothing in that direction after those ones. <laughs> Amazing. Let us return to the Joe Zone. Yeah, just in terms of moving about, you talked about it being difficult when sometimes you're in a mindset and then you get shifted around with all the injuries and everything that's gone on. Um, how, how do you feel about when you do get moved around that much, do you like maybe have a word with the manager about it? Like I was quite enjoying playing here or something. Yeah, I think. I mean, there's, there's situations where you can, you know, obviously speak to the manager, but ultimately, if if there is an injury in a position that you know it can't be filled any other way, you don't really have that choice. You know, you sort of you get you get put there and you have to do a job for the team and. As much as you might be enjoying another position, you know it's, it's, it's ultimately about the team performing uh, at its best on, on a Saturday. So you, you do a job, and and that's what you can do. Maybe you think you might be done with left back when Lavinia is switched over and we signed two left backs on deadline day. 
I, I, I genuinely <laughs> thought, yeah, I, don't, I didn't think I'd ever play there again, to be honest. But yeah, like you said, that uh, obviously JT's has got an injury at the minute and um, loves loves a bit of his hamstring as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm back there and until until the fair, I guess. Ellis Iandolo, left back. Yeah, I, I don't know if anyone noticed this, but I was sort of. Um, rambling around until I could pick out the specific question I wanted to answer, ask a bit there. So <laughs> there was there was a someone the the, the protection had broken up and I was roaming around until someone came free. And so I was like, oh yeah, did you talk to someone about it? Um, so I, I did eventually get off. And then you know the, the, the second more jokey question about thinking you didn't have to play left back ever again. But um, yeah, it was it was it was good work, quick work on my feet. That I managed to find an angle that hadn't been said yet. Yeah, lovely. Well, there we go. Uh, we we're doing okay. We can get you back to the Lemsip very very shortly. But we'll do predictions. I'm going to say four one Swindon Town. I feel like you're going really hard on this one, um, and I very much back it. I absolutely love to see us smack them around, but. I'm going to be slightly more measured and say 1-0, Swindon. Oh, no. Yeah, I've, I've just got a good feeling. The slight issue at the back makes me think we might concede. Muldoon has started scoring again. But I think we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get them for a few. Vengeance for day one. Yeah, if we could turn, turn the aggregate score, that would be good. Which um, we would lose on away goals, I suppose, in the 4-1 scenario. But oh, They've uh, got if... rid of away goals, haven't they? So we just have to... We just have to pretend. We're, yeah, we we took took them to extra time and and yeah. we won because we'd finish in a higher league position. But yeah, I mean, I, it'd be absolutely great if we could go out there and score a couple. I just don't have loads of faith in us doing it, based on everything that I've seen. It's going to be a sensational pod on Sunday night if we lose because I'm going to be livid. <laughs> I've been bra- braced for the inbox then when. When we do inevitably slip up and lose one nil. Oh no, uh, no! Come on, Swindon. Joe, thank you very much. Up the Swindon. Thank you very much, Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble. Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.